Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends, offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview. When I hosted this show in Hawaii, I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. How does... A third-string quarterback his junior year in high school, and someone who sits on the bench two years for Dartmouth slip into the NFL as an undrafted free agent and play quarterback for more than 10 years in the league? This is the story of Jeff Kemp, who's faced life's blitzes with God's help. Uh, talking about blitzes, talking about those overwhelming moments. Are you going through that right now? Are you facing that in your life? Is that Has that reached in, into the circumference of your life at this moment? Well, we pause at the beginning of our show, as we typically do, to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Radio program, my friend, is to bring you closer and closer, to lead you closer and closer to Jesus Christ, uh, to the one who who knows you and loves you. In fact, he loves you so much. He died on the cross for your sins. He shed his precious blood on that cross to wash your sins away. He was buried. And three days later, he rose again from the grave. And today, the living Christ, who has touched and changed and transformed Jeff Kemp, is reaching out to you. No matter where you've been, what you've done, or how far you feel you've gone, there is always hope in Jesus. Will you turn to him? Will you open your heart to Christ today? That's our prayer. That's our hope. Jeff Kemp is the author of Facing the Blitz, a dynamic book. I've uh, I've read it, and I'm looking forward to rereading it. He grew up in an atmosphere of professional sports, politics, and national leadership. He majored in economics at Dartmouth College. He earned his MBA with honors from Pepperdine University School of Business. After quarterbacking at Dartmouth, his NFL career spanned 11 years, playing for the Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, and Eagles. Jeff, welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny. Good to be with you. Hey, you know that title, Facing the Blitz, the subtitles are really the most important part. The, the blitz part is the metaphor from football, but the subtitle is um, Three Strategies for Turning Trials into Triumphs. And you were talking about the people in your listening audience that might be facing some trials, some difficulties, something they didn't, ex- didn't expect and didn't want. Um, but that Jesus you talked about He's got a bigger purpose for that that thing, and he can turn blitzes into into touchdowns and trials and triumphs. Mm-hmm. Jeff, where did you uh, where did you grow up? 
Um, I grew up, um, started off in California. My dad was on the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and then the San Diego Chargers. Uh, and then he got sold to the Buffalo Bills for 100 bucks. So we moved to Buffalo, and he was a quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. So uh, a lot of elementary school years were in Buffalo. And then he ran for Congress from Buffalo and became the congressman. And so we moved to D.C., uh, where we had dinner with him five nights a week. And that's where I went to high school. Went to school at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. And uh, then it was off to be a free agent with the Rams and the NFL. So I, I grew up in San Diego, Buffalo, and Bethesda, Maryland, outside of D.C. Uh, you mentioned your father. You you write about your father with such tenderness in your book, Facing the Blitz. When you hear the prayer, Heavenly Father, help Jeff to remember his talent, the difference he can make, and help us both remember that the only thing that matters is thy will be done. Jeff, what stirs in your heart when you hear that? Hmm. That's so fun to have someone else remind me of that. Those were the last words my dad really was able to say to me before he died of cancer back in 2009, um, other than I love you on the phone. But I was there live with him when I asked him to pray for me, and he, he prayed a blessing over me. So uh, what stirs in my heart is a deep sense of gratitude that my dad really, really loved me, and my dad prayed for me. <clears throat> And my dad, imperfect as he was, knew the grace of God and, and is with Jesus today, um, and that he uh, that he blessed me. But, you know, it also makes me think that it's sad that most people, many men in particular, don't know that they have a perfect Heavenly Father who says words even better than that to all of us, that, that we are His beloved sons because of our belief in Jesus and that he's pleased with us because he forgave all of our sin, past, present, and future. And we're going to be perfect in heaven, and he can already see the perfect us, and he gives us credit for that right now. So I just wish that uh, little boys and little girls, uh, older men and older women, would realize um, the blessing that the Heavenly Father wants to say over us and wants us to hear, and that we can live kind of from that identity and from that blessing as opposed to always trying to earn it because you can't earn God's favor. He had to give it through Jesus. You speak uh, with uh, with conviction when you talk about Jesus, when you talk about God. How did you become a Christian? Well, I had a, a good advantage, I guess, in that um, my mom and dad um, took us to church we had a solid Bible teaching church, and in junior high school, um, the things my mom had been talking to me about um, started to make sense, and I accepted Christ in junior high at some of the camps that our church had. But I don't think I understood the personal, personal nature of a relationship with Christ, and I don't think I understood that when you choose Jesus, a God that would die on the cross for you and then be raised from the dead and and who is going to be, you know, reigning in eternity, that it really means he knows how to run your life better than you do, and you want him above everything else. So I didn't understand that. I had, I had kind of head knowledge, Christianity. So high school, I started to drift a little bit. College, I drifted completely. I never really rebelled, but um, I didn't need to. If you're not 
going to church and not reading the Bible and not hanging out with Jesus, you will drift off course and the crowd will move you. And I, I got moved far away and compromised a bunch morally and and other uh, attitudes and behaviors. And when college ended, um, we had about a week of parties after the last class before graduation. And it was a blast. I was having fun. I was living kind of the, the wild fraternity life, getting ready to go play pro football. My life looked like a super success. I had a you know, degree from an Ivy League school and great future ahead of me. But uh, I'd go to bed at 4 or 5 in the morning, inebriated, couple nights in a row and inside I felt empty and uh, all that success and happiness and joy wasn't satisfying um, and I realized inside that I was a follower I was insecure I was selfish and I really didn't know if I could make the NFL or not without God and I wasn't happy with the person that I'd become but uh the wild thing is that even though I was drunk at the time of these two nights in a row, I was sober as could be spiritually because I think God was speaking to me. And he cut right through all of the alcohol and all the craziness, and he spoke these words to me. All things work together for good for people who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And that was a verse from Romans that I'd memorized as a little boy, but I I hadn't even thought of it for four years, but it came to me in those two nights in a row. And what I realized was the reason I'm unhappy, even though I'm successful and popular and doing all this supposedly fun stuff, is because Jeff Kemp is my purpose and not Jesus. And so, Danny, uh, that, that is when I turned my life over to Christ and went out to California and uh, met Christians on the Rams team, um, started pursuing the Bible and a relationship with Christ. And soon I met my wife who loved Jesus. We built a relationship on his principles and uh, God unfolded a great plan, but I had to choose his purpose first. So um, that, that was it. The summer that I left college and went to the Rams is when I gave my life to him. And certainly I wasn't mature yet. Um, I didn't change overnight, but the tra trajectory of my life changed dramatically. And he's been changing me ever since, and there's still a long way to go. You're listening to Jeff Kemp. Jeff is the author of the book Facing the Blitz, Three Strategies for Turning Trials into Triumphs. Uh, have you ever experienced uh, a situation in life where you feel like things are going from bad to worse? Well, Jeff uh, talks about situations and things that can be done and attitudes or lenses that can be that can allow you to perceive the situation that's tough that's 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 daunting where God can use that to change it from bad to good when we come back we'll hear more from Jeff Kemp Jeff is a, a speaker a speaker former NFL quarterback for over 11 years, uh, a, a rare feat, really. And he will be speaking throughout the islands uh, at a very uh, key time uh, where football players are going to be gathered to watch 
NFL teams, and that's something that you certainly don't want to miss. You can find out more about him and where it will be. Places like Inspire Church, Grace Bible, and Kamaki Christian. Find out more at jeffkempteam.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I'll lead you home. This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Well, they were the first of six NFL father-son player teams. I think you mentioned quarterbacks. You're listening to the Good Life radio show. You want to find out more about Jeff Kemp, go to jeffkempteam.com. Jeffkempteam.com. You say, what about the book, Facing the Blitz? Three strategies for turning trials into triumphs. Go to Facing the Blitz. Dot com. You're listening to the Good Life Radio program. Danny Yamashiro here with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Thanks for joining with us today. We're grateful that you're sharing in this moment. And this indeed is a divine moment. Hey, Jeff, how does a blitz in football relate to unexpected circumstances in life? Well, the, the, the blitz in football is when the defense will take more than four players from their side of the football and uh, send them across the line of scrimmage to attack the offense, attack the quarterback. Um, and they try to do it in a way that's disguised, that's a surprise. Um, it's, a, it's oftentimes a full-out attack. It might be even like six or seven guys that are coming, and you might only have five or six offensive players that can block. So it's just too much to handle. It, it's meant to be a surprise. Um and to cause fumbles and interceptions and sacks. Um, but when the defense blitzes, if the offense is prepared for the possibility of blitzes and has a positive attitude and game plan for how to respond to them, and if they know how to adjust real quickly and sacrifice themselves and change their footwork, change the pass route, get rid of the ball sooner, um, run a different play, um, if the offense makes those changes, 
even though the blitz may be painful, <laughs> in fact, I've ended up on my back before, uh, the ball can end up in the end zone with a receiver that's caught a touchdown pass. So the, the worst dangerous play of the game, the blitz can turn into a touchdown because it's not just a crisis with danger. It's also an opportunity. So uh, that that's the essence of the blitz in football. And in life, um, bad things can go from bad to good. And if you look at the way God chose to come to the earth and show us he loved us and that he could fix the problems that we've gotten ourselves into by rebelling from him, Jesus Christ, on purpose, let himself go to the cross, even when it looked like he was supposed to be a superstar success and become the king there on earth. But no, he let them crucify him. They let He let them mock him. He let them beat him. Um, and then he was buried for three days. But remember, Jesus prayed the night before, Father, I'd rather not drink this cup and carry out this mission, but if this is the only way to do your will, to love and rescue humanity, your will be done, not mine. So Jesus took a blitz that, of course, turned into the resurrection and victory. If that's the way God handled things, why would we think that we need to handle things any differently? Why would we be surprised that cancer happens or that a child uh, is, is lost in birth, a miscarriage, uh, that um, a drug addiction shows up in our family, that we get fired from our company, um, that we hit financial trouble, um, that we get sick or a bad doctor's you know, report. Um, those are all not things God intended, but those are things that happen because of the fall, human rebellion. But God takes things that were meant for evil and he turns them for good. I know many people that had an alcohol problem who never sought God or found Jesus until they became an alcoholic and went to AA. And people who got cancer who turned to God. People who lost a loved one and turned to God. Uh, people who started a new ministry because they lost their child or did have cancer. Um, you know, I, I, I had some, I lost a nonprofit one time. We ran out of money and I had to resign so that it could stay alive. I gave it to a young man that was ready to, to run it in a different way, and it set me free to join another larger national ministry and do more speaking instead of administrating. So I faced my own blitzes. My dad's cancer um, led him to know Christ better than he ever had before, and we, we saw him go to uh, his death in heaven with peace and grace because the cancer let him focus on um, Jesus more so than in his lifetime. Jeff, you write, if you're in a blitz right now or recovering from one, <coughs> the decisions you make in the coming months will shape you for years to come. Well, someone's going through a blitz right now. Jeff, how so? Well, first of all, we can draw a message from football that you can't face a blitz alone. You got to have a team, coaches and mentors and counselors and brothers and sisters, and a family, a church. Um, so you need a team. And a lot of people, when they face something tough, they're embarrassed. They're too proud to ask for help. They're too depressed to reach out. They isolate. And in isolation, the worst things happen. Um, so the first thing is you need to realize that other people have been through blitzes and you need to ask for help, not just from God, but from his people. Maybe go to a counselor. Um, number two, if your attitude is that I'm a victim, 
and I don't deserve this, then you're giving up all your power to learn things through this experience. And you're giving up your ability to be close to Jesus. Because what you're basically saying is, God, you left me, and this isn't right, and I don't deserve this. Now, God invites us to say, God, I can't handle this. I just throw in my head, why is this happening? I have nowhere to go. This is brutal. I don't know how to stay alive. He, he invites us to say all those things. David said all those things in the Psalms, but he, he always said, but you're God, and, and you've always loved us and come through in the past, and I trust you now. So, number one, you need a team, but number two, you need to not act like a victim, but say, God, how can I learn? How can I grow? And how can I somehow even help other people while I'm in the midst of this trial? Mm -hmm. And if you are in that moment thinking, this moment is the worst moment of my life, and this is the whole picture of my life, and you're just looking at the snapshot of that moment, you're going to have a very hard time making good, positive choices that will lead you to a positive future. So we really need to keep a long-term picture in mind that you're not just a body, you're actually a soul, and you're going to live forever, and you happen to have a body for a while here on Earth. Um, and you got to think, you know, not just five years down the road or 10 or 15 years down the road, but think about eternity. How, how will handling this marital affair affect my faith? How will it affect my children's faith? How will how it affect the future of our family and our grandkids? And I know people who have faced their spouse having an affair uh, who were in pain and were hurting, but they didn't turn themselves into a victim. They went to God. They found forgiveness from Him. They forgave their spouse. They went through the tough work to repair their marriage. Uh, they even looked at their own faults that led to things and apologized. And the marriage reconciled. And the grandkids today have grandma and grandpa together and mom and dad together um, because someone wasn't a victim and they got a team and they turned to God and they persevered through a tough thing because they had a long-term view. Let's look at, let's look at that from a, uh, a different angle. What would you say, uh, Jeff, to someone whose dream no longer matches reality? Uh, mm. their, their dream who's the, the dream no longer matches reality and it's holding them back so I get, I get let's think of maybe a person who wanted to get a college scholarship and to play sports but they blew their knee out or maybe they just weren't for you know uh, good enough for a college to sign them up um, or someone who wanted to be popular and have a singing career or someone who wanted to have a successful business and be their own boss, but either they never got enough money to start it or uh, they started a business and it failed and now they're in debt. Or someone who wanted to be married, um, but they didn't find a partner. No one, no one asked them. Or they wanted to stay married, but their husband left them or their wife left them. Those are examples of a dream. You know what? Um, if your dream is limited to the circumstances you have in life and the benefits you gain from those circumstances, then your dream is too small. 
Our dream needs to be more about the things of God, which is love, forgiveness, reconciliation, blessing other people, using our strengths, whether we can use them to help one person or 10 or 100 or 1,000. Our dream needs to be about helping people find the love of God and the kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever. And that dream can actually be better and can erase some of the pain from losing a marriage or not having that business, not getting to be a college athlete, not getting a scholarship. So sometimes we need to recalibrate our dreams to be more of a a God vision rather than a personal dream. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. You need to share it. You need to be open about it. You need to tell it to God. Maybe tell it to a couple of friends, a pastor, a counselor, a mentor. Um, But be open to replacing a lesser dream with more of a God dream, a God vision for your life. If you want to be a loving, kind person, if you want to mentor kids, if you want to spread joy, if you want to tell people about Jesus, if you want to show folks that you can recover from cancer, um, there's nothing that can stop those type of dreams. Um, But sometimes you got to let go of lesser dreams, even though they meant a lot to us. You're listening to Jeff Kemp. Jeff Kemp, you can find out more about Jeff at uh, the Jeff Kemp, jeffkempteam.com. You, you got to check this out because uh, August 14th, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and Los Angeles Rams uh, playing there at Aloha Stadium. It's going to be a, a week of incredible festivities, of course, of course. I heard that uh, the tickets sold out within the first 24 hours. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the, game, the, the game's up. The game's August 17th, Saturday the 17th, but I'm coming in, uh, into Honolulu um, on the 13th, and I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of fun and important events with Youth for Christ and Inspire and Comic Christian and uh, Grace Bible Church Pearlside. Um, we're doing a father-son coach breakfast. So it's going to be a, a great week of talking about our our identity and our soul and our relationship with God and our relationship with our family and uh, how to be men and women who um, enjoy God's love and share it with others, how to turn bad things into good. Um, so we'll make football count for more than just football that week. So check it out at jeffkempteam.com. And for his book, Facing the Blitz, Three Strategies for Turning Trials into Triumphs, facingtheblitz.com. When we come back, more from Jeff. He's been active in the marriage and family movement for over a decade. His articles have appeared in USA Today, Fox News Online, The Seattle Times, and American Enterprise. But he'll be in Hawaii uh, that week uh, leading up to the Cowboys-Rams game on August 17th. Check him out. JeffKempTeam.com Plan to hear him. Plan to be there. Invite others. God is going to move uh, in a powerful way in your life. Stay with us, my friend. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Aimlessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me James 3.13 says, 
Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. You're listening to The Good Life Radio Show. Danny Yamashiro here. Uh, Check out jeffkempteam.com for where he will be speaking. I mean, we're talking about a Youth for Christ fundraiser. We're also talking about speaking at Inspired Church, Kamaki Christian Church, Grace Bible Church, Pearlside, with uh, Pastor Norman Nakanishi. You've got um, Pastor Mike Kai, and again, Kamaki Christian Church. Uh, jeffkempteam.com. That's where you can find out all the details of where he will be leading up to that big game uh, between the Rams and the Cowboys. Uh, Going back to football, uh, Jeff, how does a third-string quarterback, his junior year in high school, and someone who sits on the bench two years for Dartmouth, slip into the NFL as an undrafted free agent and play for over 10 years? Well, I've got to say that uh, God had a hand in it. I was a hard worker um, and was prepared for my opportunity, which I think that's one of the keys for anyone. Be prepared. You never know when your chance is going to come. Um, but I had been turning my life over to Christ that summer, and uh, I just really know that God you know, is the one that pulled off that miracle to allow a bunch of other quarterbacks to get sore arms and broken thumbs. I'm sorry about my speakerphone. A lot of other quarterbacks had a lot of problems, um, and I got to play that summer. And In fact, I remember the first touchdown pass I threw in a preseason game. I was scrambling all the way to the sidelines and threw a long bomb towards one receiver, and another receiver on my team jumped up in front of him in the end zone and, and caught it. And <laughs> all the players on the sideline were cheering for me, except the quarterbacks who were rolling their eyes thinking, that was so lucky. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I worked hard. I was prepared. um, But God had a plan, and I thank him and give him credit for it. And I think he always wants us to be humble whenever we get success, because pride is the beginning of everything bad, and humility is the beginning of everything good. Why is it important, Jeff, for our identity to be something more than our dream of accomplishments? That's a good question. I think identity, um, Danny, Suzanne, is, is really one of the um, number one challenges in America today for um, young people. 
and uh, I think it's particularly challenging for young men. Um, it's an age of a lot of confusion and discouragement for men. We, we value just a few famous superstar successful men and uh, kind of beat up on other ones a lot. Um, and then women have the pressure of what does their body look like compared to all the, um, you know, Instagram photos and movie star and, and musician and um, even por- pornographic images that are all over the place in this culture. So our identity is based in the God that made us, the relationship that he gives us, the value and strengths that he put in us, and then it's based upon doing esteemable things. Um, and I'm not talking about accomplishing esteemable things like winning a trophy. Um, I'm talking about being kind, being generous, knowing how to apologize, being humble, being honest. Um, those, those things build an identity. So a lot of people are trying to live to gain an identity. It's like they want to live for an identity, uh, to be a, an athlete, to be a successful business person, to be a thought of as beautiful, uh, a popular, to be a, a newscaster or a musician, um, to, to, to have a fancy home and car, um, a lot of Instagram followers. That's living for an identity. And it's a never-ending uh, treadmill of dissatisfaction and comparison. But we need to live from an identity. And the truth is, Every single human being has a perfect Father, God. But when you receive Jesus Christ, then you find out that he actually gives you adoption as a perfected son or daughter who he can say, you know what, you're my beloved son, you're my beloved daughter. I'm well pleased with you because I've given you the forgiveness and the character and and the righteousness of Jesus. And, And then we can live from that identity because we don't have to earn it anymore. We don't have to fake it, pretend, perform, put on an act, get depressed when we get cut from the team or fail or have acne. You know, um, our identity is given to us by God. And that's crucial for every mom and dad to get it over, across to their kids. And grandmas and grandpas need to get it across to their grandkids. And a lot of us adults need to go back to God the Father and get it from Him so we can become secure and who we are, and start living the loving life that he intended, rather than the performing and comparing and insecure life that a lot of folks are living. Well, that's, I think you're hitting a nerve, because that's the point where, especially when we talk about kids or grandkids, performance. Performance sometimes is is equated with perfection. And I, I, I do wonder about... Uh, this idea of failure, or maybe even the yeah. the blessing of failure, the, the 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 how can failure be our needed friend if if we let well, it? Well, I think what you meant was that uh, performance is equated with value. That we value people today according to their performance, and we put too much pressure on ourselves and too much pressure on our kids, grades and sports and and looks, uh, you know. It, Christianity isn't a performance sport. There's no way you can avoid all sin and no way you can live the perfect life. You you can't earn your way to heaven. Um, Christianity is a grace experience. Um, And the thing you asked about failure is 
when you fail, when you try and don't achieve what you tried for, you don't live up to the character you want, um, it gives you a message that I can't make it on my own. It also teaches you lessons. You know, I talk to most business people and entrepreneurs. They learned lessons from business failures and mistakes. And, and I know quarterbacks, they, the coaches told them not to throw interceptions, and they drew up on the, on the whiteboard how to not do it. But they usually had to go on the field and throw that interception before the pain was so great that they learned the lesson. So um, we don't tr- fail on, on purpose. It's going to happen enough. But we go through trials and difficulties and, and failures to humble ourselves, to turn to God, to realize we need Him and His ways. Um, and once we start becoming more humble, then we actually follow His ways more, and we don't fail quite so often. But when we do succeed, then we aren't going to be proud. We're not going to be arrogant. We're not going to brag. We're not going to think that we uh, you know, have our act together and that we're uh, perfect. You know, That's a lie. Christians aren't perfect people. The church isn't perfect. It's like a hospital for people that are getting healed by Jesus. So we need to be real. We don't need to fake it. Um, and that's what failure does sometimes for us. It shakes us up, puts us back in reality, gives us a lesson, helps us turn to God. And then other people go through failures that we now can encourage them in because we've been there. Hey, I was third string. Hey, I got booed one time. Hey, I got cut. Oh, you know what? We had a stillbirth. It was so tough. We were, we were grieving for two years. Um, hey, I, I faced um, getting fired, and, and you know what? I learned my identity within my job, and I needed to switch to Jesus, and I learned something through it, but I'm here with you. So our failures, our trials, our difficulties can end up being the things that we can help others through, which is God's point for us, to be ambassadors for love and for hope and for Jesus. You're listening to Jeff Kemp. Uh, Jeff is the author of the book, Facing the Blitz, Three Strategies for Turning uh, Trials into Triumphs. Uh, He'll be in the islands uh, the week of August, well, leading up to the August 17th game, so about the 13th, they're on to the 18th, uh, speaking at a Youth for Christ fundraising dinner there at the Japanese Cultural Center. Uh, Men's Night Seminar at Inspired Church, uh, two nights, the 14th and 15th. Uh, Inspired Church, Pastor Mike Kai. Youth Rally there at Grace Bible Church, Pearlside, Pastor Norman Nakanishi, Pastor Billy Lyle and crew. Father and Son Breakfast at Kamaki Christian Church. Uh, and that's with Pastor Brian Sands, uh, Kamaki Christian yeah. Church. So... Uh, check him out. Oh, you Jeff know what? We're also Kempty. we're also going to do a, a we're also going to do a marriage uh, an early date night uh, with Kamaki Christian, um, yeah. and uh, kind of a date night with a purpose to encourage and strengthen marriages. So we're going to touch on a lot of lot of fronts during that week. So check him out at jeffkempteam.com and the book Facing the Blitz facingtheblitz.com. We come back from our break. More from Jeff in our final segment. Uh, we'll talk to Jeff about creating a relational value system. We're talking about building trust. Why is it important to tell tell your story with humility? Humility, yeah. That and much more in our final segment and a time of prayer for you, dear friend. Again, Jeff Kemp at jeffkempteam.com. 
Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Namelessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pipper wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. To the Good Life with Danny Yamashiro. The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show is a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, a division of Jesus Christ is Calling You. Contact Danny on Facebook and Twitter or visit him at www.thegoodlifehawaii.org. Now, let's rejoin Danny and his special guests. Uh, Jeff Kemp's underdog status and sharing of the personal rejections he's faced in football serve to build a bridge to experiences of others. Super Bowl champion coach Tony Dungy says of the book Facing the Blitz by Jeff, this book will make a difference in your life. You'll want to read, digest, and reread it. And uh, I, 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 I am in full resonance with that. You're listening to The Good Life Radio Show. Danny Yamashiro here with Suzanne Maurer. Thanks for being with us find out more about Jeff at jeffkempteam.com, especially the schedule that he has uh, in the islands uh, the week of the 14th going all the way on to the 18th around the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Los Angeles Rams football game. So, Jeff, talking about uh, your father, Jack Kemp, a little bit more on legacy, you quote St. Francis of Assisi. Keep a clear eye toward life's end. Do not forget your purpose and identity as God's creature. How should that influence our daily lives? Oh, man, Danny, we live in a fast, fast, busy, busy society. And, uh, you know, we may have a higher standard of living than in the past, but we also are working two jobs and scrambling all over the place and sending our kids here and there to do it. And we're comparing to other people on social media. And there's just so much going on that it shortens our time horizon. We live kind of in the this week and the right now. Um, and that kind of strips the soul of the peace and the joy and the perspective that God intends. So that a sissy quote, and then, you know, the blessing my dad prayed over me when he said, help Jeff remember um, his talent, help him remember the force for good he is in this world, and help us both remember 
The only thing that really matters is God's will be done, not our will. God's smarter than us. We want what he wants. Um, if we have a perspective that we are souls and we are of an infant value to God and he made us, and we only have these bodies for a temporary period of time, and then we're going to get new bodies and live forever and ever and ever with God if we've put our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's not going to be boring, you know, cherubs and clouds and harps and, you know, sitting at, sitting in a cloud and singing forever. Uh, there'll be a ton of praise, a ton of joy. God will be, you know, the sunshine and glory. But everything awesome on earth will be even better in heaven. And uh, so if, if we have a perspective that's eternal, that's about God's kingdom, it's about God loving us, and his purpose for us to love others and show them his love so they can find the answers to this life, which everyone's trying to get satisfied through, you know, money and career and entertainment and activities and uh, food and sex, um, the Internet. You know what? Those are empty roads. Those things aren't evil if we use them for good, but when they become an end, a purpose, a goal, they're, they're empty, and they, they become negative because they distract us from God and his love. Um, so I just urge people to make a relationship with God through Jesus Christ the number one part of their life, and not just so you can get some benefits and answer prayers from him. Um, he's got a way better way of living than we do. You know, the silly thing is we, th- we think, oh, God's good, he can save me, I want to go to heaven, but I think I'll, I do a better job running my life than he does, and if only if I get in a pinch will I ask him for help. Um, somehow, Satan has tricked us to make us think that God is a stodgy, no fun, uh, boring, rules-oriented God, and that is not the true picture of the beautiful creator of the Hawaiian Islands who can create a little baby from a husband and wife's um, loving relationship and can create miracles. Um, that God knows how to run our lives better than we do, and the trick for us is to give him ownership of our lives. Our head, our body, our mind, our heart, our desires, our weaknesses, um, our money, our house, our kids, um, our career, everything in our life, if we give it to God and we let his spirit and the Bible's coaching lead us, things will be much better than they would have been otherwise. It doesn't mean we'll become rich or famous or life is easy or we never get sick, but we don't dig holes for ourselves. We don't destroy relationships. We don't end up in addictions. We don't end up in jail. We, we end up having reconciled relationships and, and families that know that they're loved and uh, we have a purpose that, that lasts. So, I think that's what it means to live with eternity in mind. Let's extend this a little bit further. Um, on the importance of creating creating a relational value system. Let me give you a quick uh, example. I, I had a coach um, on the Seahawks who walked out of the Sunday morning breakfast meal, put his arm around me and said, Jeff, I couldn't be more excited about you being the Seahawks quarterback today because it was my first chance to be the starting quarterback for the team. And uh, he encouraged me so much. I've never felt such encouragement. Well, I had a terrible first half of the game. We were playing the 49ers and Joe Montana and them were playing great and beating us 28 nothing. I was getting booed, didn't play well. I got benched at halftime. That coach did not say one word to me for a month. 
the one who had so encouraged me and, and been so excited about me, he completely cut off relationship with me. Why? Because I didn't perform. And he's not a mean guy. He just has a head coach that has a performance conditional value system and an owner with a conditional performance-based value system. And Madison Avenue and Wall Street and a lot of America with a conditional performance-based value system that says, what have you done for me lately? It's why everyone compares each other on Instagram and how many followers do you have and how fancy is your life, how much money and what kind of car do you drive? Um, did you make first string? Did your kids get into this fancy school or this good school? You know what? That's all performance. and It all goes away. It's all based in pride. But the ultimate and joyful value system is a relational value system. It's unconditional. It's based on God's love. And if we receive God's love, even if people treat us poorly, even if someone is not popular, not successful, has made some mistakes in life, they're ostracized by others, we can love them because God gave us love enough that we can love someone else. And God forgave us of all our sins, so how can we hold forgiveness back? That's an unconditional relationship-based value system. It's a value system that says marriage is more important than having sex with a whole bunch of people before I get married like a consumer, and then comparing and having insecurity and not being able to be loyal and having your spouse worry about will you be loyal. Um, God's way is so much better form an unconditional loving relationship, invest in that relationship. And guess what? A whole lot of joy and satisfaction and little kids who end up having mommy and daddy uh, stay together happens because of a relational value system, not a conditional performance-based value system. We're all going to mess up. If we reject people when they mess up, we're in trouble. And if we, if we get down on ourselves when we mess up, rather than running to God, we're also in trouble. So we need that unconditional love. It's called grace and a commitment to relationships over money or achievement or power um, is way more healthy than the way the world coaches us to live. Jeff, you've given us so much and it's all so good, but we only have about three and a half more minutes. I'm wondering, I want to hear about Stacy. How did the two of you meet? And then can you pray for our listeners? Yes, I will. Uh, Stacy was one year behind me in college at University of Southern California, and she um, went through a, a hardship in her family where she felt rejected and treated poorly uh, as a sophomore in college. And that negative thing, that blitz, sent her to a church counselor. The church counselor after she asked her if she was a Christian. She said yes. Then he said, what is a Christian? And she realized she couldn't just say I'm an American, so I'm a Christian. And she said, I don't know. So the pastor then explained to her uh, the essence of a Christian being someone who has invited God to be their Lord and Savior and Jesus to be the most important thing in their life and has chosen to follow Jesus for the rest of their life. Uh, That's what a Christian is. And so she chose to follow Christ, and we met um, uh, two summers later, when she read an article about me in the newspaper, crying out for the Rams. Um, and they asked me if I was worried about getting cut from the team because I was a 50 to one odd odds against making it. And I said, no, I'm leaving it in God's hands. And she liked the faith that I said in that article. And she wrote me a letter 
uh, didn't expect to meet me, didn't plan to meet me, just wanted to encourage me and pray for me. And she actually started praying twice a day at 9.30 and 2.30, the times of our team's practices. And we met on a blind date uh, about three weeks after she wrote the letter. And we had an amazing connection at that point because we knew God had set this thing up. Um, and that's how we met, 1981, my first year of football with the Rams. And then uh, we dated 10 months, um, got engaged, and were married after my second season. Found out marriage is hard. I was kind of selfish and consumeristic and just thought, I'm a good guy. She's a beautiful girl. This will be easy. But uh, I really didn't know how to put a woman's uh, feelings ahead of my own and be a servant husband. And we needed to get a lot of coaching. And we did. Plus, we were so opposite. She's a dominant leader and I'm a dominant leader. But other than that, we're different in every single way. <laughs> so we had a lot of friction and frustration. But we believed in God. We were committed to lifelong marriage. And we got a lot of good coaching, counseling, mentoring, biblical teaching. And uh, God has used all those challenges in our marriage to help us help other couples. So Stacy mentors young moms, and together we mentor young couples, and we speak together to marriage conferences uh, with family life. She's awesome. And she raised four sons in an amazing way. I'm so thankful. So we got four sons, and God answered our prayers that they would meet Christian uh, women that uh, love Jesus, and they're all raising families now. Some of them are pregnant, and two of them already have kids. Danny, I think we have a whole nother show that we need to do with Jeff about Stacy. But Jeff, I apologize. We've only got about 30 seconds. This has been okay, wonderful. Can you please pray? So good. Yeah. Father God, um, I just pray right now that every single person listening would feel you come into their heart and their mind and their soul and remind them that you're real, that you love them, and that you're perfect and good and benevolent. Um, and that you made them as a special creation of yours. And you know that we've rebelled and gone our own way. Uh, you know the mistakes that we've made. You know the blitzes we're facing, the bad things others have done to us. Lord, come into their lives. Lead them to accept Jesus if they don't know you. To say they're sorry and, and, and turn away from any wrong behavior and choices and sin uh, that they may have so they can be set free. And if they're suffering from what others have done to them, Heal them and protect them and help them to forgive so they can be people that bring peace and reconciliation in this world. So, Lord, strengthen marriages, help husbands and wives put their wife first after Jesus. And uh, we just pray for families to be strong, kids to find Christ, and the Hawaiian Islands to be places where aloha is truly lived out because of the power of Jesus, who is unconditional agape love. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for being with us today. Challenging words from Jeff Kemp. JeffKempTeam.com My friend, God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, I believe this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. John 16, Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Jeff Kemp, jeffkempteam.com. 
Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, web designer, Shana Kusumoto, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.